Luke 17, verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. And notice in the footnote, Your faith has saved you. <clears throat> Beloved Church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Tomorrow's Thanksgiving Day, it's on our mind, and so with that on our mind, I ask the question, is thanksgiving to God essential to the life of a Christian, or is it something optional that we can add to our lives? Is thanksgiving an essential ingredient of the cake, or is it just the icing on the cake that makes it a little more tasty, a little more appealing? Are there subjects in God's kingdom who are simply forgiven and saved by God's grace and yet not at the same time praising God and, and thanking him with their whole life? Well, as our Lord Jesus was making his way to Jerusalem to die for the people of God on the cross, he taught the people many things about the kingdom of God. He told John the Baptist that the miracles he performed as reveal that he is the Messiah. He told them that the kingdom is in their midst, in the person of Jesus Christ. He called the people to acknowledge him as their Lord so that he might acknowledge them before his Father in heaven. And he received the praise of those whom he healed. And as he walked on a road that brought him between Samaria and Galilee, the disciples who were with him were taking in all that he had been teaching recently, and they were thinking about his imminent death. He was on the way to Jerusalem. They were thinking of the coming of the kingdom of God, which is also dealt with more right after the text that we have read together. They were thinking about faith that could move a mulberry tree. You can see that. Jesus talked about that in the verses 5 to, to 6. And as they were thinking of all these things, uh, there was a shouting of a group of lepers called their attention, and our Lord uses the opportunity to teach the church about the place of thanksgiving in the kingdom of God. And I preach you this gospel under the theme that Jesus' words to the healed leper reveal that thanksgiving is a part of true faith. It's bound to faith. 
You'll see that ten lepers are cleansed on their way to the priests, and only one leper expresses thanks to the Savior, one healed leper. Well, if you go to a hospital, you will see that illness is the great equalizer. Distinctions of race, social standing, uh, disappear when you are in a hospital gown facing the, the weakness of your own human body. And the ten lepers who had grouped together, they were all calling out to Jesus because they all shared in the fact that they had an infectious skin disease that prevented them from living together with the rest of society. The law that we looked at in Leviticus 13, verses 45 to 46, commanded that this group had to wear torn clothes, they had to have their hair hanging loose, they had to cover their upper lip, and they had to cry out, unclean, unclean. They had to live outside the camp, they had to live away from the promise of forgiveness of sins in the temple. The ten lepers shared in the misery of this disease, of the effects of the fall into sin. They were desperate for help. And the lepers must have heard about Jesus, who taught that he was ushering in a, a kingdom in which the blind received their sight, and the lame walk, and demons were cast out. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news. That's what he said when John the Baptist asked, are you the Messiah? He pointed to all those things. So the lepers knew that Jesus, they could have known that Jesus was able to help them if this was the kingdom. And Jesus came to their region and heard their cries, heard them acknowledge that he was their master, begging him for mercy. You can understand it's not a group you would feel like walking up to. The disease was pretty gross. No one liked them, socially unacceptable. But Jesus did not ignore them. You see, our Lord Jesus, he had compassion on the outcasts of society who were ravaged by the ruinous effects of the fall. You find yourself outside the communion of saints Away from the promises of God, you can know that since the Lord Jesus is king, there is always a way to God through him. It's a message we share with, with everyone around us. You are not too low the social ladder to receive the love of God in Jesus Christ. And Jesus identifies that the worst part of the disease the lepers are, are facing was that they were cut off from the temple. They were cut off from that ongoing fellowship with God through the sacrifices. You notice that when we sang Psalm 51, that was the, the key thing. To cleanse me so that I can be back in your presence. And so when Jesus hears the request, he answers them by sending them back to worship God. He says, go worship God. That's more than just healing their illness. He says, go to the priests. Just weeks before Jesus would open up the new way into fellowship with God through his own death on the cross, he commands the lepers to go and show themselves to the priests. And he talks about priests in the plural because Jews and Samaritans 
had different priestly orders. And although it is not clear where the Jews would have to go to find a priest, whether it was Jerusalem or somewhere else, maybe a local town, it is certain that eventually the Samaritan leper would need to go in a different direction than the Jews. But since both the Samaritans and the Jews considered the first five books of the Bible to be scripture, the Samaritans said only the first five books, the Jews said the whole Old Testament, but since they agreed on the first five books, all ten lepers would have been able to know the process that Jesus was sending them to. We read about that in Leviticus 14. The priest would begin by confirming that they had been truly cleansed. But those birds, we read about the birds and, and the cedarwood and the hyssop and the red scarlet. He would mark their bodies as sound from, from head to toe by smearing the blood and the, the oil on the lobes and the thumbs and the toes. And then he would bring them back into communion with God. We read about the guilt offering that would bring restitution for the time that they failed to fulfill their duties in the temple due to their illness. Then that was followed by a sin offering that would give them assurance of their atonement. And then they would rededicate their lives to God and his kingdom with that burnt offering and the grain offering. Imagine the joy of those two offerings as they enter the presence of God and dedicate their sound bodies to his kingdom. Being admitted to the temple for worship was the goal of being healed. And the goal of being in the temple was to be restored to peace and fellowship with God through the burnt offering and the grain offering of dedication and thanksgiving. And so if those lepers went to the priest, they would know that the Lord commanded thanksgiving as an essential part of worship. And the lepers would also know that before they showed themselves to the priest, they would have to be cleansed of that infectious skin disease. Jesus' command to them, while they still had this leprosy, it required them to head toward the priest while they were still all disheveled in their appearance and covered with, with sores all over their body. They had to turn away from Jesus while still ill. And leprous people were too unclean to even be near other people. They were putting their lives in danger if they dared to come near the holy temple. So Jesus' command required them to believe to believe that he truly was master. It required them to have faith that he wasn't just trying to ridicule or mock them. Like Naaman, who was called to bathe seven times in the River Jordan. You can read about that story in 2 Kings chapter 5. Also these ten lepers, they, they needed to have faith that they would be cured along the way or else they would face bitter consequences. Well, such faith in miracles, that's not uncommon today. In fact, it's pretty much the major theme of most films 
that you watch in the theaters today have faith in, in the miracles. It's, it's in most of the children's books that are available. Sorry to ruin all the movies for you with that spoiler alert. The idea just, if you have enough faith, you can, you can have whatever. Anything can happen uh, for you. So faith in a person's promise is not that uncommon. But we see the ten lepers, they, they go. Jesus was considered trustworthy. And so, filled with hope, they obeyed. They turned and they went. Now we keep reading. We see the miracle is reported, us, reported to us. It's very simple. It's very succinct. And as they went, they were cleansed. The text makes it clear that the same Jesus who commanded them to go in faith was the one who cleansed them of their illness. It's an announcement of who Jesus Christ is. And although the wording of the text is as low-key as, as it possibly could be, Luke's words give an amazing testimony to the power of the Messiah who was ushering in this kingdom, Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus heals from a distance. He is Lord over space. He is Lord over time. The cure is instantaneous. And it brings ten men to the point where the raw flesh of, a, of an incurable disease was, was turned white again. Luke uses the word cleansed to describe the healing which took place on the way to the priest to make it clear that when they approached the priest they would be declared clean they would be given permission to enter the Lord's presence to receive atonement and to give him thanks again they were they were set again they were brought back into the communion the fellowship of God and his people but then verse 14 seems the end of it. The, the Holy Spirit doesn't tell us what those nine lepers did next. Except to suggest that like the other man, they noticed they were healed. They, they fade out of the story because they are no longer in Jesus' company. And now all eyes are on the Messiah as he ushers in his kingdom, the Savior and King. Only one man continues to be mentioned, and that's because he returned to Jesus Christ. Now, as we look at the one healed leper who returns, we don't need to assume that the other nine lepers weren't grateful at all. In fact, it's hard to imagine. In fact, it's hard. It isn't hard to imagine them seeing their, their clean skin and, and doing what anyone would do, saying, Thank God. I'm, I'm healed. And, and returning to the priest and, and doing what Jesus said so that they could go back to their, their families after they've given the appropriate sacrifices. But the text doesn't say. The Holy Spirit shows us that whatever they did, it doesn't really matter because they did not go back to Jesus Christ. Because they're, they're, they did not return to praise God and express thanks to Jesus Christ. 
Now, whether it was before or after he himself visited his priest, only one healed leper returned to Jesus. Jesus made it easy to be found by, because he had entered the village. He didn't continue traveling. And he showed that he expected them all to return when he spoke to the Samaritan who came and was bowing before him at his feet. And Jesus' reply to the worshiping Samaritan drew attention. The first thing he did is he drew attention to the other nine lepers who had been healed. His first question. You can see that. In verse 17. He says, we're not ten cleansed. Well, the question expects an answer. The confirmation, yes, sir, there were ten. Then Jesus' second question is worded in such a way that a strong emphasis is put on the word where. The other nine, they are where? Or where are the other nine? In this way, the Lord Jesus reveals that he expected the other nine healed lepers to also be on their faces before his feet in humble adoration, just like the one healed Samaritan. And then Jesus' third question is strongly worded. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And the word for foreigner, very strong word. It's a non-Jew. This Everybody except this non-Jew or, or this pagan. It's actually a word that was found on a, a warning sign that was, what was hung on the inside part of, of the temple saying that only, non, or only ritually pure Jews could enter the temple precincts. The sign, I think, said something like this, and no foreigner, that's that word, no foreigner may enter within the palustrade around the sanctuary and the enclosure. Whoever is caught on himself shall he put the blame for the death which will ensue. Jesus said, no one except this foreigner has returned. And so the Lord Jesus reminds covenant children who have the promises, who have the covenants, who have the grace, and who have the opportunity to celebrate this grace every day. He, he reminds his people how easy it is to take his grace for granted. To allow our faith to, to become a, a lukewarm acting. To fail to show, to see how marvelous God's work is in our lives every day. We are reminded about Jesus' parable about the king's feast in which, which all the invited guests, they, they turned down. They were too busy. They bought a field. They, they got married. They were unable to, to be there for the celebration. And so the Lord Jesus went out to the streets the, and, and the lanes and he invited whoever would come. In the same way that, that leprosy serves as a great equalizer that joined Jews and Samaritans, Jesus reveals that also faith in him and the common desire to thank and praise him, returning to him, that unites all the people of all nations. The gospel is there was faith outside the nation of Israel. 
And Jesus' kingdom was expanding to include Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the way to the ends of the earth, even all the way to this end of the earth here in Edmonton. The kingdom of God includes every person who comes to Jesus Christ. The healed leopard who returned to Jesus showed that he understood. He understood that no one has been fully cleansed until they have been restored to peace with God. The guilt, sin, burnt, and grain offerings that followed the declaration of being clean by the priest revealed that the opportunity to come back into the presence of God was more important than the healing. The Samaritan embraced the best part of God's work. When he returned, we read, praising God with a loud voice. The Thanksgiving offering is a declaration of thanksgiving. You want to tell everyone what God has done for you. And this is the, the, the healed leper praising God with a loud voice. And do you see how he praised God? He fell down on his face at Jesus' feet. Praise God. Worship Jesus. On his face, at Jesus' feet. Maybe, children, when you get home, there's carpet in your house where it's clean. You just put your face to the ground to get the sense of the humiliation, the, how that humbles you completely. There's nothing left on his face at Jesus' feet. But Jesus didn't stop the healed leper. He didn't tell him not to worship him as God. For the man had been correct to identify the special Jewish man with God himself. He had been correct to express his thankfulness to Jesus Christ for having healed him and having restored him back into fellowship with his Father in heaven. Jesus Christ is God. And if you believe in him, you may share in the fullness of his grace and power. And it's after the Samaritan expresses his thanksgiving, he, he returns and he expresses his thanksgiving to Jesus as his Lord and his God. Then Jesus said to him, rise and go, your faith has saved you. The word saved, delivered, sometimes it's made you well, made you well in the fullness of that, that sense. All the lepers had been healed. They had been made well in that way. All the lepers had been weighed well when they believed that Jesus could heal them from leprosy and obeyed his command. But Jesus only tells the man who returned to worship him with thanksgiving that his faith had saved him. You see, just because a person experiences a miraculous cure, that does not mean they are restored to favor with God. It means that they've re received this miraculous cure. Nothing that happens to you in this life, whether good or bad, whether miraculous or mundane, can be used to determine where you stand with God on its own. But your reaction to these things determines your relationship to God. 
And the promise for those who turn to God with praise and thanksgiving, that promise is wonderful. If you believe in him and if you show your faith by publicly acknowledging his sovereign wisdom and, and giving him thanks and, and for his constant grace, you will be saved. Your faith has saved you. Jesus' final promise to save the healed man who came back to him in faith is the promise that we who praise God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit may, may begin our days with. Whether we are sick or whether we are healthy, we, we know that we have that salvation. And as Jesus expected a grateful response from the lepers, he also expects thanksgiving from everyone who believes in him. It's not true faith if it's not bound to thanksgiving, if it's not accompanied with praise to God and the worship of Jesus Christ as Lord. And although we may not have been cured of leprosy from a distance by the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ, or maybe we have not even received healing of any disease, maybe we still have it, we may know the full story about Jesus Christ. We have received the fullness of all that Jesus' miracle was pointing to. For he has not just cleansed us from leprosy or any other disease, but he has cleansed us from our very sins so that we may always be in the presence of God, confident and unashamed. He has made us clean forever, not just before the priests in some temple uh, here on earth, but before the Father in heaven. And Jesus' words to the one healed leper who returned to him teach us that God is, is seeking, the worship that God is seeking is much more than just gathering together to hear a lecture, to hear a sermon. Our songs, our prayers, our offerings of thanksgiving every Sunday, they're not just the the extras of our worship, like, like layers of icing between the essential part of the reading and the preaching of scriptures. But the whole worship service is an expression of our thanksgiving, praising God out loud. That is faith that saves. And when we, when we treat our thankful response to Christ's work as, as, as anything less than this, if we don't sing with that gusto of thanksgiving that comes from our heart as we see and reflect on Jesus Christ, but think it's just a, intro, a transition from one part of reading to the next part, then you can hear the question coming, were not all of you cleansed? The rest of you who don't express your thanksgiving, where are you? Was no one found to be re returned to the king? To give praise to, to him except just this 10% of you? But to all who dedicate themselves where this thanksgiving is, is the part of the very essence of their faith. Return to worship with, with joy, who, who anticipate the, the coming and standing in the presence of God's people, not, not just on Sunday, but then also showing this thanksgiving every day of the week, every day of the year. 
Well, then the Lord's words are also clear. Rise and go. Your faith has saved you. You're thankful. Our thanksgiving is focused on our relationship of peace with God in heaven that Christ Jesus has restored for us through his work that he accomplished on the earth. This miracle points us to see what's important in this life. And so, the question at the beginning has a clear answer. The thanksgiving is not just icing on the top. It's the very part, the essence of the cake. The essence of faith. May God's Spirit help us to see Jesus Christ as our Lord, the way into the glory of heaven as we sing, as we respond, as we bless the name of the Lord with thanksgiving for all his goodness. Amen. We'll sing.